Welcome to Passion. For more information about Passion, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. The two people in the room that knew who that was. That's the Beatles, by the way. And uh, this, this slide is getting ready to come up. I need to explain this to all the young folks. Because my own wife said, why are they standing like that? That doesn't make any sense. That was the album cover of this song, for this song, the Help album, so that y'all get music education and music appreciation class here this morning. So we're starting a new series today called Help. Well, the Beatles came on the scene, and they sang this song that said this, Help, I need somebody. Help, not just anybody. Help, you know I need someone. Help. But this is the, this is the little part I want you to catch. This is what they said. They had a revelation. They said, when I was younger, so much younger than today, I never needed anybody's help in any way. But now these days are gone, and I'm not so self-assured. Now I find I've changed my mind and opened up the doors. Have you ever been there where you didn't really think you needed any help? Anybody got a teenager living in their house right now? They don't think they need any help. They think they know it all. Come on, can I get a witness in the house? I got one, and, I, and he might not survive. I, he, they just don't think they need anybody to tell them anything. But something happens around 19 or 20 years old. There's this epiphany that takes place, this revelation, where they suddenly recognize that mom and dad know more than they thought they knew. 
they, they suddenly recognize, I can't do this by myself. I need help. Well, we're going to talk about this concept of help over this week and next week because the, the reality is, is that we all need help sometime. Uh, I, I think that we use the word help so often that it becomes, we, be, we get to this place where we underestimate the power that is wrapped up in that little word. David understood the potential and the importance of that word. I, I begin to look through the psalm in particular, and as I begin to look through the psalms, I found nine different occasions where David, crying out to God, he would speak one simple word basically and say, God, I need help. It was a profound but simple prayer. Let me give you a couple of examples. In Psalm chapter 18, verse 6, listen to what David says. He says, in my distress, I called to the Lord. I cried to God for help. From, this, from his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. And then in Psalm chapter 109, verse 26, listen to the simplicity of this. Help me. Oh, help me, God, my God. Save me through your wonderful love. Those are simple prayers. Help. There's nothing eloquent. There's nothing impressive about those prayers. They are simple, desperate calls to God to bring assistance, to intervene, to touch my life. And these prayers offer us hope. I want to talk to you today uh, three things about the help prayer because I want you to begin to pray the help prayer. There are three things you need to know about the help prayer. The first is this. It is the perfect prayer. If there was ever a perfect prayer that you could pray, it is this. Help. It is not, it needs no elaboration. It needs no explanation. It is simply perfect because with one word, you wrap up all of your need, all of your emotion, all of your desperation, all of your expectation is wrapped up in one simple word. Help. It is the perfect prayer because it is suitable and it is applicable for every situation. It is appropriate for your good days. It is also appropriate for your bad days. It can be prayed in life or death situations or in life or death moments, but it can also be prayed in simple moments of resistance. You can cry out to God and say, help. It is the perfect prayer. It covers catastrophes. It covers bad hair days. You can cry out and say, I need help because the power of that word and that cry is not diminished by the situation. In fact, the scope of the word help grows or shrinks according to match your need. And so it is absolutely the perfect prayer to pray. So it fits any situation, but not only is it the perfect prayer, and not only does it fit any situation, it fits any person. Because the truth is, is that sinner can pray the prayer of help, and saint can pray for help. Well-spoken or simpleton, regardless of your education, regardless of your station in life, regardless of whether you're learned or unlearned, regardless of whether you're saved or unsaved, it is the universal prayer that we can all pray. We can all cry for help. It's good for kings. It's good for fugitives. It's good for heroes of the faith. It's good for those who have been sidelined or marginalized as nobodies. The same prayer works for us all. It's the prayer 
of help. Now, that is important because I think that some of you struggle with how to approach the maker of the universe, the creator, the God of all gods, the one and only God. When we begin to talk about prayer, you get nervous. Some of you even avoid praying because you've heard people get up with rhythmic rhymes and eloquent words and they can get the, the, the pronunciation just right. They can lower their voice and get that real dignified sound. And when they say God, it's like he showed up in the room and you say God is here and, and, and you don't think I can do that. Can I just take a moment this morning and teach you how to pray? Are you ready? Here it is. Help! It's the perfect prayer. It fits any situation. It fits any person. But not only that, I want to speak to you today and say this to you. It is the most answered prayer. That's important for us to understand because next week we're going to talk about circumstances that come along where we require unexpected help. And there is that type of help when God shows up when we didn't ask for it. And I'm thankful for that. But I want to declare to you that most of the time our help comes from a direct result of a request. In fact, I would say it like this to you. I would submit that many of us don't get help because we failed to request help. All you got to do is go back into Scripture and the New Testament and look at the life of Christ and you consider all the miracles that he performed and where he's divinely intervening and bringing assistance to the people. And you think about all of those moments and of help, and when you take stock of those, you recognize that most of them, not all of them, but most of them were a direct result of someone asking for help. Let, let me give you some examples. How about when he turned water into wine? Why did that take place? Because his mama asked him to. Right? What about the blind men sitting on the side of the road when they hear Jesus is going by? They begin to cry out and say, Son of David, have mercy on me. He stopped because they requested for him to stop. The lepers came and said, Jesus, you can heal us if you want to. Jesus said, I want to. He responded because they requested the 5,000 that he fed. He fed them because his disciples found out that the people were getting hungry. And they come to Jesus and said, these people are hungry. What are we going to do? He, they requested help and Jesus responded. Jairus' daughter was dying and Jesus helped because a brokenhearted daddy came to Jesus and said, we need assistance. I bring that to your attention this morning because too many of us have not because we ask not. Well, God understands. God knows my thoughts. God knows my, my needs. Yes, he does. But I, I can't explain this. I can't uh, figure this out. But for some reason, God oftentimes wants to hear our recognition of our own need come out of our mouth where we make a, a direct request to him and say, I need your help. The most answered prayer is the prayer for help. So I want to encourage you this morning, if you need help, specifically request help today. Let's talk about getting help from God. There are four lessons that I want to teach you quickly. Uh, the first is this, and I think it's so important, and I, it seems elementary, but you've got to understand this to have a basis, to have a foundation to understand that God 
that we can request help from God, you've got to understand this one point, and that, that is this. God still wants to help. Do you understand today that God desires to be involved in your life? That is a foundational truth that you have got to embrace this morning to understand that God in, could, could ignore us. He has the right to. God could forget about us. He has the right to. But God supremely designed it and desires to get involved in your daily life. He longs to assist you. David requested help. David cried out for help. But we need to go back and see that God responds because he testifies of this fact in Psalm chapter 118, verse 12. He comes back and he says, I was pushed back and about to fall, but the Lord helped me. We read the multiplied accounts of God's intervention into the lives of the children of Israel. We read about uh, occasion after occasion where he got involved in their existence. He parted seas. He brought food on the ground. They, he won victories in the face of impossible odds. He healed them from sickness. Then we turn into the New Testament and we read about what Jesus did when he would show up in the lives of people. And he helped too. In fact, in one account, the Bible says that Jesus healed all their sick. He wanted to bring assistance. He helped with healing. He helped with taxes. I kind of like that kind of help. He helped with defending the defenseless. Remember the woman caught in adultery? He defended her. He was involved. He healed bodies. He healed minds. He healed souls. He healed families. He healed finances. He helped. I want to remind you of that this morning because I think some of you have forgotten that God wants to help you. What are you facing today? What trials and situations and hardships and broken areas of your life are you facing? You need to hear me and hear me well. God wants to help you. I don't know why we've forgotten it. We quote verses of Scripture like this, that God is no respecter of persons. And we quote verses of Scripture that say, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And then we fail to factor that in into the help equation. There is a God factor in our lives where God wants to come and get involved in our life. He's the same yesterday, which means if He helped Moses, He'll help me. If He rescued David, He'll rescue me. If he helped with finances, he'll help my finances. If he healed back then, he'll heal now. If he made provision back then, he'll make provisions now. He wants to help me. That's good news. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't lose hope. Lee was a retired firefighter. He was actually a firefighter for New York City for 26 years, given his life to that city. But on September 11, 2001, he gave more than just his time and just 26 years, he gave his son, Jonathan. Jonathan had followed in his footsteps. He was a firefighter as well, and when the Twin Towers fell, Jonathan was there. Firefighters are a loyal clan. There's an unwritten code that when one of the one of them perishes in the line of duty. The body is left where it is until a firefighter who knew that individual personally can come and quite literally pick up that body and carry it out. So Lee made the discovery of his son's body his pers personal mission. He Every day 
he would go down to that 16-acre graveyard, and with the help of dozens of others just like him, he would dig through the rubble and dig through the, the, the demolished buildings and the, and the trash and the garbage and the steel and the concrete, longing to find the body of his son. On December 11th, it was a Tuesday, three months after the disaster, Lee found his son and picked him up and carried his body out of that rubble. I want to say to you this morning, I want you to hear me. Your father has made it his personal mission to care for and to carry you and to uncover you and to dig out his son's body. That's us. He has made it his personal mission. He will not give up. He will not quit. He will not be satisfied until he digs through the collapsed and crushed world that you live in, your circumstance, your pain, your heartache, your brokenness, your destruction. He will dig through that and sift through that, and he will not give up until he can find you and carry you out. He wants to help. Hang on, believe, trust, hope. Some of you right now don't believe that or you're unsure of that truth anymore because in your mind you're making statements like this. I've asked him to help me and he hasn't. Some of you right now in the back of your mind you're thinking as I'm talking about God's willingness to help and longing to help. You're saying I have depended on him and in my perspective he has failed me so I don't know if I believe that God will help me or not. So we've got to ask this question. Why doesn't God help? Well, there's two things that I want to say to you that I think answer that question as to why sometimes we don't see the assistance we think we should have. The first one is this. We must come to the place where Jesus is our only option rather than one option. Oh, y'all didn't get that. Let me explain. See, I'm convinced that the reason that some of us don't see God's hand at work in our life is because we treat him as one option rather than as the only option. We, we don't really rely on him like we say we do. We say we rely on God, but the reality is, is that most of us don't really rely on God. We trust us more than we trust him. We trust our job more than we trust his provision. We trust our ability to earn income more than we trust provision. We look at God and say, I trust my 401k more than I trust your ability to take care of me. I trust my ability to be able to manage 100% more than I trust your ability to manage my 90%. Preaching right now. We, we approach God as an option, an afterthought. We ask everybody else for counsel on a situation. We, we Facebook everybody we know. We email everybody we know. We call everybody we know. We ask everybody on the face of the planet, what's your opinion? And then as an afterthought, we go, oh, by the way, God, do you have any input on my situation? And he doesn't respond. Because he's not an option, he's the only option. And so we must come back to this place where we recognize and realize that Jesus is our only hope. Why do we need to get to that place? Because Jesus always responds to the cry of desperation. I want to I challenge you. Here's your homework for the week. Go back into the New Testament and find one instance 
where someone cried out in desperation and Jesus ignored them. I can't find anybody. In every situation where someone called for assistance, where they had no other options, there were, the doctors had failed, the families had given up, their resources were diminished, and they called out to Jesus in a spirit of desperation, Jesus always responded. always stopped in his tracks when he heard the cry of desperation. Could it be that the reason we aren't receiving help is because he hasn't really heard a cry of desperation? But a cry that says this, if you can help me, fine. But if not, if not that's okay. Because I'll find another solution. Could it be that our lack of deliverance is due to a lack of desperation? I think I need to say that again. Could it be that the lack of deliverance in your situation is solely based on the fact that you have no real spirit of desperation in your life? Maybe all of our contingency plans really reveals our true lack of trust and faith, and dependence on God. See, I think that if some of us would get really desperate for financial health, Jesus would show up and teach us how to find it. I think that some of us, if we would get really desperate for our marriage to be healthy, I think Jesus would show up and help. Oh, y'all ain't listening to me. See, I just think this. I just have never seen Jesus respond to a prayer that was prayed like this. Oh, by the way, I got all these other things in the works, but by the way, I've never seen Jesus respond well to that prayer. I have always seen him respond to this prayer. Jesus, you're my only way. See, some of you need to recognize the fact this morning that your situation is a desperate situation and there is no other solution. You can try to find it everywhere else. You will never find your solution apart from Christ. He is the only solution. So we've got to come back to that place where we stop Jesus in his tracks with a desperate prayer. The second reason I think that some of us perceive that we don't get help is because we fail to recognize and accept his help. It's going to get tight. Y'all just go right, just do this, do this, go right there. Go right there. All right, your seatbelt's on, so hold on, because it's going to get tight in here. It's going to be bumpy for just a minute. Maybe, just maybe, our issue isn't that God hasn't helped. Maybe the issue is, is that he's already done so, and we have just failed to recognize or accept the method of his help. Maybe the reason you don't feel like he's responding to your cry is because when you cry out for help this morning, God is sitting up in heaven shaking his head in frustration going, I already sent help. Why did they keep asking me for help? You say, well, that doesn't happen. Yes, it does. Let me give you an illustration out of the Word just to prove it. Do you remember the story of Naaman? Naaman had leprosy. He needed to be healed. A solution was given. Go dip in the Jordan. It's nasty. It's dirty, muddy water. But if you'll go do that, you can be healed. 
Naaman, left up to his own hard-headedness, would have died with that disease. And he would have blamed God. And yet God had already given him a solution. I don't know about you, but if, if, if i got to go dip in some dirty water, so be it. Come on now, I'm going to trade in the AIDS of my day for dipping in a little dirty water. I can take a shower later. I'll go dip. But Naaman was so hard-headed that he said, I ain't doing that. And we think that's funny or that that's not like us, but we're exactly like Naaman. We desperately cry out for God for help with our finances. And yet we won't sell that new car that is killing us with payments. Because we've allowed that new car to become our identity. And God says, when we cry out for financial help, he says, I've already sent it. It's sitting in your parking lot. It's in your driveway. Go sell that thing. That's your rescue. That's your lifeboat. Uh, God, I can't do that. i got to have a ride. I told you going to get bumpy. God, help me with my finances. Yeah, he sent you help. It's the new house you're living in that you can't afford. It's your cell phone, it's your cable, it's the things that you could cut and do without. In the modern world, I know we don't like to hear that, what would we do if we didn't have TV? We might have to read. Wow. And we'll say, God, you won't help me. And he's saying, I've already sent help. Help is right in front of you. Open up your eyes and recognize that help is there. We cry out and say, God, help my marriage. It's falling apart. It's dysfunctional. It's not working. We're miserable. We, we want to kill each other. Help us. Then we get an opportunity for counseling or we get an opportunity for accountability and we don't like the shape of the help and so we say, that's too hard. That would require work. That would be embarrassing. I would have to stop doing what I do and take some time out of my life and go fix this thing. No, thank you. And then we go, God, why won't you heal my marriage? He sent the help. God, heal my body, my broken man. I'm sick all the time. And he says, look, I am asking you to change your lifestyle. What you're doing is feeding your sickness. And we, <laughs> and we won't respond. We keep puffing away or drinking away or eating away. And then we, we go, why won't the God of health, the one that can restore health, why won't he heal me? And we won't take him at his word do what he says to do. Now, here we go. This one ought to get real close. I've heard this, I don't know how many times in my life. God, I want to be closer to you. And then our boyfriend or our girlfriend breaks up with us, or our best friend walks away, and then we go into complete and total depression, and we don't even know how to live. We curl up in the fetal position and pull the covers over our head, and all the time God is saying, they were distracting you from me, and they didn't leave. I got rid of them. I kicked them out. And now you're blaming me and saying, I don't love you and I don't care for you and I won't help you. I did that on purpose to get your attention. We've got to be willing to accept his You say, Steve, we don't do that. Yes, we do. Let me show you another example of Scripture that I think is powerful. It's in the New Testament. There's a group of people that are desperately gathered together praying passionately for their brother Peter who is wrongly incarcerated. And they say, God, please set him free. He shouldn't be in prison. He shouldn't be treated like this. They're praying. They're having a Pentecostal prayer meeting. People are crying and screaming and snot flying all over the place. It is a Pentecostal prayer meeting. And all of a sudden, Peter walks up to the door, knocks on the door and says, I'm here. 
And Rhoda comes to the door, opens it, sees Peter, and slams the door in his face. And they go back to praying. I wonder how many of you right now are slamming the door in the help that God is trying to send you's face because you don't like the form, the fashion, the pain, the discipline, the taste, the cost that would come with accepting the help that he is trying to send you. So I'm going to say something to you that most pastors, I've never heard another pastor say it like this. I'm going to say this. You didn't expect to hear this at church, all right? I'm getting ready to give you some instruction. Are you ready? Quit praying. Quit fasting. Get off your rear and open the door. If he's already sent you the answer and he's already offered you assistance, whether you like the form, the shape, the fashion or not, open the stinking door and get the help you need. Quit praying about it. The help has already arrived. See, I've, I've realized something. God doesn't make backup plans. Uh, God does not usually send you more help if you've already declined the help he sent you. I can prove that to you. Jesus was God's designed plan to help man with, its, with our sin problem. And when Jesus showed up on the scene, people didn't like him. They didn't accept him as the Messiah, the Savior of their sins. God didn't set up in heaven and say, they didn't accept my son. This was my plan. I guess I'll have to come up with another solution. That was the solution. And so if you don't accept his plan because you don't like his plan, I got bad news for you. There's probably no more help coming until you deal with the help he's already sent you. So my question to you this morning is this. What if help for your situation comes in a form you don't like? Like what happens if you're blind and he spits? What if you need a miracle and Jesus' prescription is spit therapy? We have got to come to the place where we look at God and say, look, if I am in need, and I'm crying out for your help, and I'm desperate, I will take your help any way, form, fashion you send. Spit as much as you want to rain on me because I'm that desperate for help. See, because some of you want help, but you want to dictate how that help will come. And God doesn't take orders. He gives them. So quit praying. Some of you just need to stop praying. Expect to hear pastors say you do that, did you? Quit praying about the answer and accept the answer that he's already given. And the fourth thing I want to say, the final thing I want to say to you is this. You may be someone's help. I want you to hear me this morning. Don't miss this. You may very well be God's help wrapped up in flesh. We, we hear people cry out for help, and then what we do is we sit back and say, God, do your deal. Help him. What if he's already done his deal through you? What if right now you are God's answer to their cry wrapped up in flesh? What if you are the answer to somebody's prayer? 
I heard a statement when I was younger that I haven't forgotten. God said it like this. He said, find a need and fill it. I wonder how many of us go through our daily life and we see people crying out for help and we sit back waiting on God to meet their need when God already sent help in the form of the person that you see every day looking back at you in the mirror. What if the answer to your prayer is sitting next to you? In fact, I've been waiting all day for this for my college guys to get here because I know they want to say this to the college girls sitting next to them. Would you just turn to your neighbor right now and say, I just might be the answer to your prayer. <laughs> Come on, tell them, tell them, tell them. Do you recognize this morning? That as you go through your daily life, because we want to talk about this at church, and it is powerful at church, I want you to understand that God brings you into this body for such a time as this, and there is a re very real reality that when you walk through those doors, you may just very well be the, the answer to a prayer for somebody. You might have a word of encouragement. You might have a, have a word of wisdom or knowledge. You might have a financial blessing, something. I release you to become the answer to their need. That's what being a body is all about. We don't hear about someone suffering and then do nothing. We do our, our dead level best. That's why I've stood up to you over the last few months. Not, this is not preacher speak. This is reality. I'm telling you the truth. We have jeopardized our own future as a body to try everything we can possibly do. We've done so much, we finally had to say we can't do anymore. Why? Because we believe that we are wrapped up in flesh. We are God's answer wrapped up in flesh. But not just at church. When you go to work tomorrow and you hear the, the, the individual come in and they begin to say, me and my wife are about to kill one another. That is a cry for help. And God is sitting there waiting going, what are you going to do about it? I sent you. I position you. The only reason you even have that job is not to pay your bills. I sent you there as an ambassador, as a help agent. I am positioning you to do something about it. They come in and they say, man, you should have been with us last night. Man, we partied all night long. We drank until we couldn't see straight. I, they don't recognize it, but I want you to become so sensitive that you recognize it. That is a cry for help. They are looking for something to fill the void of their life, and they need help. But God is not going to send them any more help than he's already sent them because the help he sent them was you. Lord God, I sure wish you'd help them. He did. He gave you the job so you'd have the office next to them. He put them in your carpool. He put them in your next door house. He put them in the locker next to you at school. He set them up. He sent them help. And he dressed it up like you. You may just be the answer to somebody's prayer. Let, let me give you an illustration. I got word a couple, I don't know, it's been three or four weeks ago that an individual showed up at our church and <clears throat> was in a financial dilemma. Broke. Not, not like I got $7,000 in the bank and I just didn't bring any cash. I'm talking broke. I don't know how I'm going to make ends meet. I'm not sure what, what I'm going to do. I don't know which one of you did this. All I know is that that morning you became the answer to somebody's prayer. Sometime, I don't even know if it was during service, after service. I don't know all the details. don't need to know. All I know is that somebody in here listened to the voice of God 
and became the answer to a prayer and reached in their pocket and took money out of their own pocket and placed it in the individual's hand. And that was a miracle. That's what this is all about. But we cannot fulfill that if we don't listen. And so this morning, I just came to tell you and remind you, those of you that are in dire situations, God wants to help you. Don't give up. But the second thing I want to tell you is that you got to get to this place where Jesus is your only option. And third, you got to accept his help how he sends it. Because see, some of you have put God in a box and said, I am expecting you to do an instantaneous miracle, but what if he sent you a progress, a, a procession of things instead of instantaneous? Accept his help. And then I want you, each and every one of you, to live up to becoming the answer to somebody's prayer. And the only way you can do that is if you become extremely sensitive and tuned in to God's voice. I want you to stand with me this morning. Father, I'm thankful this morning that you have a sincere desire to help us. I thank you that we don't have to be eloquent and fancy, formal, educated, or any of that stuff to be able to approach you and say, God, help. Help me. And I'm so thankful that at that moment your ears perk up and you do everything that you can do to send us help. Thank you, God. Father, there are specific needs in this room this morning. I pray that even now as we begin to seek your face, that God, I pray that those individuals would ask for specific help from you. The most answered prayer is the requested prayer. I need help. So in each situation represented here, I pray that people would become very specific even now and they would begin to ask you for the specific thing that they need even now. Father, I pray that we would be willing to accept your answer in any way, shape, form, fashion it comes. We will do what you tell us to do. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray that you would reveal our hearts to us. There are some folks in here that are in real need of help. And it's hard to admit it. But we recognize this morning that we definitely and desperately must rely on you and ask you for the help that we need in any form or fashion that it may come. Help us to respond, I pray, Father. In Jesus' name. Every head bowed. If you're here this morning and you'd say, Steve, I need help. my situation it could be a financial situation it could be an emotional, relational spiritual, mental the whole gamut whatever my situation has come to the place where I recognize that God is my only hope He's my only option and I desperately need help Normally what we would do in a church setting like this is we'd bring you down front, but I want us to do it different this morning. If that's you, 
No, I don't like doing this, Steve. I understand. This is the form and the fashion. I accept it. It's help. If that's you, I am in desperate need. I want you to just simply step out into the aisle nearest you and stand there. If you're nearest the center aisle, step into the center aisle. If you're nearest an outside aisle, just move and stand right there in your aisle. Is there anybody here this morning that would say, I've got to have some help? I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm desperate. There's one. Anybody else that say, I've got to have help? Yeah, there's another over there. Yes, one here, another in the center. Anybody else? Say, I've got to have help. Desperate. Yeah, another over there and another over there. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, another one right there. Anybody else? Yeah, others, others. Now listen to me. The answer to the prayer that these people are praying most likely is already standing in the room. And so this is what we're going to do. I need those of you that are still in your seats to begin to move and allow the Holy Spirit to take you to individuals that are standing in the aisles and wrap your arms around them. They need God with skin on. Then I need you to carefully listen to what God is saying. Because he may bring the answer to their prayer through you. It could be a word. It could be a word of encouragement, knowledge, wisdom. It could be a financial blessing. It could just be a big old hug. It could be any of that stuff. It may be a prayer of healing, a prayer of faith. I don't know what their need is, but God does, and he's sending you. So right now, would you just obey the leading of the Holy Spirit and step out? If you see someone near you that's out in the aisle requesting prayer, would you move and, and pray for them right now? Listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit or what He wants you to do. He may have very specific instructions for you and what you're supposed to do when you get there. Come on now, let's pray. Father... We have responded to the needs of, of our brothers and sisters. I pray that in this moment you would be very clear to us as we tune our ears into what you are saying. And I pray that we would step out and do what you say to do. If, if it's a word of wisdom, if it's a word of knowledge, if it's a word of encouragement, if it's a word of faith, perhaps it's a prayer of healing. We've never, Some of us have never been used in healing before, but at this moment, if we would listen to you carefully, you're saying pray and believe. And so, Father, help us to listen carefully. Father, for those that stepped out due to financial need, I pray that you would touch the hearts of individuals out of the blue that may be struggling themselves, but in that moment, they become the answer, and then somebody else will become their answer. Father, I pray in Jesus' name, we would respond we would respond we encourage one another in the Lord bring help bring help right now for every situation represented here for every individual that stepped out into an aisle that said I need help God I pray in Jesus name you would bring help to them right now as we join our faith together and we join our hearts together Let help come.
Father, I pray for those that stepped into the aisle that they would be willing to accept help in any form that it would come in right now. I pray that we wouldn't have preconceived ideas or notions about how you're able to help. I pray that you would just open our minds and our spirits up to what you want to do in the way that you want to do it. We are willing. Do whatever you want to do in us, oh God. Bring help. Anyway, shape, form, fashion. We believe you, God. And now corporately, Father, what we do is we assert and and declare and proclaim once again our trust in you. We believe you want to help us. We proclaim as a body, we trust you because we've tried you and we've seen that you've come through over and over again, Father. And so we just want everyone around us to know and understand that we believe that God wants to help We don't have a God that doesn't care about us. We don't have a God that ignores us. We don't have a God that can't hear us. You you desire to get involved in our daily lives. And, Father, we say, have your way. And now, Father, I pray over my people, and this is what I ask. I pray that you would send us out of here as ambassadors of help. I pray that we would go into our daily life on assignment. I pray that we would go to school, that we would go to work, that we would go to our neighborhoods, we would go to our drive throughs we would go to our banks, we would go to our stores with one purpose and one purpose only, and that is to be used by you to offer help to people. Let us tune in. Let our antennas go up so that we can hear the cry of help, so that we can step in and touch those in desperate need. Help us, oh God. Help us, oh God, to be help. And Father, we'll thank you for it. And we'll give you the glory and the honor that you deserve. Thank you for your word. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here and you don't know Jesus, you've never accepted Jesus as your personal Savior, may I say this to you today. God is not going to send another plan. Jesus was the plan. He is the only plan. He is your help. He is the way that you can approach the Father. If you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, you've never asked Him to live in your heart, today is your day. We promise we won't embarrass you. We will simply pray for you and give you some materials. If you don't know Jesus and you would like to receive help this morning, you would like to ask Him into your heart, would you just simply raise your hand and pull it right back down so that we can pray for you? Is there one that does not know him that needs that kind of help? He's here today. Thank you, Father, for your help. Thank you for your son, Jesus, that made a way where there was no way, that became the way for us. We thank you for that help and the ongoing help and the fact that now you want to use us as help. I release my people to be helpful this week in the lives of the people they come into contact with. And Father, we'll praise you for it in Jesus' mighty name. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.